Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Episode 31 of Unplugged and Undeniable is underway. Those are three U's. My name is Jesse Velasquez. My guest today is one of your favorite reporters, if not the only know. reporter, <laughs> the one and only Nikki Brazier. How is Nikki this evening? I'm so good. I'm very excited. It's rare that I get to be on other people's podcasts. It's actually a treat for me. That's fantastic. And I'll be honest, I've been in a guest. I've been a guest on two. So at the same time, like I love the interviewing piece, but it's like, hey, I don't mind sitting in the chair either. Yeah, I don't mind like sitting back and be like, you think of the questions. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yes, which is exactly what we're going to fire away on. I'm actually going to go a little bit off script. First question for you then is you have been podcasting for a little while now. Um, what do you enjoy most about it? And then some of the things that, that can potentially drag on. Oh, that's interesting. So I think probably my favorite part about podcasting is getting um, like a more intimate conversation in with the athletes. You know, usually I've known them for years. So like behind the scenes, I get to know them and their families and their personalities. And that's cool. But the world doesn't always get a chance to see that, right? Because my interviews are typically on a time crunch. We've got 90 seconds. You just finished the event. The world wants to know what the hell that heavy barbell felt like. Like, tell me, you know, tell me what's going through your mind right now at this very moment. And it's sort of, um, it's immediate and it's situational. So I don't always get the chance to help them tell their story of their personality or their background or their families or like, you know, other things that sort of define them. And those are my favorite parts of them. So having a podcast seems to be uh, just a larger, and especially our show, which I mean, you kind of have this vibe too. It's a more intimate environment. It's less formal. We could have had a podcast show that was very formal, an interview and tell me about you and whatever. But I'm just kind of like, I like to shoot the shit. Can I swear on this show? 100%. Okay. I like to shoot the shit with them and let them be themselves. And sometimes we don't even talk about CrossFit at all. And that's fine. Um, and that's, that's kind of my favorite part. Yeah, that's exactly what John had described to me when I talked to him a oh, few really? months back. Absolutely. Shit, I should have listened to his episode first. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> know. We should have gotten on the same page. I, no, that's where the idea came from. He's just like, yeah, those hour, that hour, hour 15, hour 20, we're basically interviewing people. And the one thing that I enjoy the most is just not even talking about CrossFit. It's about just their personal lives and just their quirks. Yeah, yeah, totally. And honestly, if, if the only thing that I can say that's kind of like, it's not even the downside, but it's like how, what's the kind of like not best part of it is you probably know this too. It's just like trying to fit it into your day. Like we're all just so busy that it's hard, you know, it's hard to nail down times with athletes all over the world. It's hard to like, I work all day and then I go to the gym and then I got to make dinner and then I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I got a podcast. And then you know, I'm look at my husband and I'm like, I'll see you in three days, babe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so just kind of like trying to make it work, trying to make it work alongside everything else is a challenge, but totally worth it. Very much so. Being structured for those. I'm assuming for you, it's probably a six day a week thing or, or are you working full seven? Uh, I work seven days a week because I own a company that I just started last year. So that's kind of like sucking up all of my life energy and time. <laughs> but um, but hopefully it won't be like that forever. New business life, you know? Oh, I definitely know about that. So <laughs> let's go into detail about said business and then sure. yeah, go for it. 
Yeah. So I started, um, I started my own digital ad agency last year. It's been quite the journey from journalism to marketing to now owning an agency in the marketing space. And, uh, I never really thought that would happen. You know, when I, I went to school for broadcast journalism and wanted to be a reporter and wanted to change the world, um, you know, Lois Lane style. And, um, that is just, it's just hard. You know, I got out of TV news just before the fake news era. And I'm so glad that I did. <laughs> it's a noble cause, but it is not what it used to be. Journalism in and of itself is not what it used to be. I wanted to be a, a watchdog and I wanted to, you know, Im- talk about foreign affairs. I wanted to be embedded with the troops and tell the real stories. And I was just like chasing ambulances and, you know, catching up with people on the worst days of their lives. And it was exhausting and not, I wasn't doing good work. I was just doing fast turnaround on as much news as possible news air quotes. Um, so I left that and went to marketing and really loved it and got to get creative and got to storytell on a different level, on a brand level, on an athlete level, you know, all that, all that fun stuff. And then worked for an ad agency for a few years and then took the leap and started my own. So it's kind of consuming my life right now, but it has been so fun. It's like every job has bullshit, but when you own the company, you get to choose your bullshit, which is pretty cool. (laughs) It is absolutely the best part of it. I've been in business my, myself for five years. I'm more or less call myself an independent contractor or just a freelancer by trade too. Yep. So I'll work and collaborate with others. I'm assuming you're in that exact same boat. And this exactly. has been uh, how long of a venture you said? Um, we started last year, just about a year, just about a year ago that we've been doing this. Yeah. Well, I guess the easiest segue right now then is this last year during COVID, how has it been starting your own business? Wild. I think we're insane, right? For like deciding to start something new and like leave a stable, whatever stable means, quote unquote stable job. But, um, you know, we deal with a lot of e-commerce. So now is kind of the perfect time because people couldn't leave their houses. So they were buying online. So, and I don't think that's going away anytime soon. So if we can make that experience better for people, if we can get in with some cool brands that we like, you know, we do some nonprofit work. We work with Battle Cancer, which is a great CrossFit nonprofit. Um, and so I'm I'm proud of the work that we do, even though we deal with a lot of like first world problems in marketing. Um, we do it, we do it well and and we have a good time. So we were stuck at home and forced to really dive into work and it kind of worked out for us. I feel like kind of an asshole when I say that because people had a very hard time and I feel awful for the people who lost their jobs or couldn't work or were suffering with mental health issues at home or relationship issues at home. Um, I, I had it pretty easy. Promise to give back on the other end when we get out of the dark tunnel that is starting your own business for sure. And you were fortunate enough to thrive in said environment because yeah. you are digital and, and remote, which is something, yeah. I mean, it was something that you felt that in the very beginning you had to, you may have had to transition into. Could you like go and travel a bit or is this something that, you know, you can lifelong just stay at home? And- um, well, totally part of selfishly part of wanting to start my own company and be my own boss was so that I never had to ask my bosses for time off to like travel to sanctionals and shit. <laughs> so I wanted to be able to set my own schedule. So hopefully, uh, you know, we'll be able to like take time off and travel and do that all again in the future. But no, I think we'll stay, rem- we'll stay remote for the most part that we did get an office, which is like very exciting. We're just not actually moving into it or doing any of that stuff until, um, you know, more vaccines come out and COVID's not as much of a thing. So we're being a little cautious, but, um, no, we definitely will be kind of like 50, 50, you know, live that zoom life. I'm a zoom background expert, as you can see. (laughs) Is that your kitchen? Yeah. I fucking wish. Are you kidding me? (laughs) This is the kitchen. This is Joanna Gaines's kitchen from her new cooking show. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
I wish. What what is really behind me is two weeks worth of laundry on the spare bed. So we'll she go could, with this. She could be 100% honest and like and transparent where she is right now. I just have a blank canvas behind me too. <laughs> you're you're at least like safer. There's like less chance of a mess behind you. This is true. The mess is in front of me. <laughs> I know. I should turn my computer around. My um my business partner. Um, his name is Jess. He screen like I had a messy ass background one day before I like, you know, popped up a virtual one and he screenshotted it. So sometimes he'll come to meetings with my messy ass room in the background, like drawers open, laundry everywhere. My dog's like passed out on the floor, like drooling. It's great. What kind of dog do you have? I have two Bernie's Mountain dogs. Oh goodness. How They're old? Awesome. Yeah. Um, so one is, one is about to be eight next week, right? Yeah. Next week. And one is, um, a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Differences in ages. Yeah. In sizes, the baby is like, got maybe like 30 pounds on the Okay. Woman. Yeah. Insanity. And the large one is? Uh, he's a year and a half and like probably about 120 pounds by now. Woo. Yeah. He's enormous. He's a bulldozer. Okay. <laughs> Zero spatial awareness. Yeah. Completely oh, knock you goodness. over. Yeah. Hip yeah. Check into the corner and knock in the he furniture. He straight up body checked me into the fridge last week. Oh. straight up i was like down like on one knee like scratching him and he like couldn't handle the happiness and like bam right into oh. the side of the fridge i know i know what the fuck? hopefully life's okay we have an ankle biter he's, he's 10 and a half months old and at the neighbors right now so if there's a doorbell oh. that goes off in the next 35 minutes well that's who it is <laughs> what kind of dog mini schnauzer oh i love them with he's their little doll. beards yes <laughs> He's a little ankle biter. Now he's going through some training and it's going all right. He just doesn't understand the word down. Oh, no. Well, because he jumps up on you. He, no, he just looks around. We're like down, down. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Nothing, nothing. What, am I, what do I do? Dad, what do I do? 100%. No, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll stay there. He'll um, like sit. No problem. He'll just commands. He's great. Um, you tell him to go down. Not a damn thing. Nothing. That's so funny. My husband is like the dog whisperer. He's like the guy. What's the guy? Cesar? Caesar? Cesar? Uh, I'm not, I can't recall that person. Anyway, whatever. He's like, Matt is the dog whisperer and it's insane. And so like all the dogs, our friends' dogs included, like think he's the alpha. So they listen to him. They're like at the, at the drop of a dot, like there could be a squirrel on the, on the front lawn and the dogs will stop when he yells. Me? I'm just like the pack mate. They just want to like have fun and like rough around and yeah. like they don't give a shit about what I say. <laughs> I tell them to sit and they look at me and they're like, uh, uh yeah, right. Who are you? Do, do they respond to more so to higher pitch voices though, don't they? I don't know. I don't think, I just don't have the authority. Matt okay. like trained hunting dogs growing up. Like he like knows what he's doing and they like love him so much, whatever. Well, we're going to segue into this. Actually, let's just do it now. Sure. Well, you, since you are going to be a human parent very soon, oh we're going to see who in the world they listen to you next. Know, um, right? Yeah. Congratulations on that. How many weeks along are you? I am. I'll be 19 weeks at the end of this week. Okay. So we're no, almost we're, halfway. We're, that's it. Yeah. Um, we know that moment. So we're 20, almost 24 weeks at the end of the week. Oh my goodness. How are you guys doing? Uh, it's been the longest pregnancy of all time. What? She'll say this more than I will. The reason is she probably found out the earliest possible, the earliest possible day that you could. So did I, so did I straight up. Oh goodness. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. So, let's dive into your story first. Okay, so we'd been trying for a little while, um, and 
I, my cycles had been like really wonky all of 2020, just cause like COVID stress, starting a business, like that can totally f- fuck with a chick's body. So yeah. it was nothing for me to be like 10 days late. You know what I mean? And when you're trying, that is so such a mind fuck. <laughs> it's not fair. Um, so we had, I don't know, been like maybe like five or six months I was tracking and like, you know, being scientific about it and making sure, um, cause I'm old as fuck. So we don't have a ton of time. I'm no 32. AMA. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it was cool because it was December and I was late, but not really putting a lot of stock into it because I didn't want to get too excited. And it, we were butting up against my husband's birthday. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to like wait to pee on a stick until the morning of his birthday. Cause then it'll be like, you know, I'll be like 10 days, nine days late, whatever. And it'll be like worth it to check, but I won't check beforehand. Cause then it'll be really exciting if I could tell him on his birthday. And that was a Friday and Wednesday of that week, I crushed a workout. I was repping out like deadlifts at 205. I was doing pistols. I was rowing. Like I was redlining. It was like a 20 minute gross triplet situation. Okay. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, I'm, I gotta, I gotta know because if, if I'm pregnant, like I need to stop doing shit like the shit I did last night and like drinking 40 ounces of cold brew a day and like all this shit. I was like, fuck it. I can't wait. So, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I peed on a stick on Thursday morning, one day before his birthday, and it was positive. And I was like, holy shit. And I panicked. And I know this is not true now, but that yeah. morning I was like, I broke the baby last night. I like put on my weightlifting belt and I was doing the heavy deadlifts and all this stuff. I didn't know what to do. So I called um, Steph Chung, who's a games athlete and also in PA school and uh, one of my closest friends. And I was like, Steph, I broke the baby. And she was like, oh my God, Nikki, that's not how this works. You're fine, please. You know, I was probably, I think I was, um, well, I was two weeks-ish past conception, right? So that- technically you're four weeks pregnant at that point but like in real life no and so I was like fuck this I'm gonna tell Matt I can't not tell him this is insane and she was like no she was like you have a plan you're gonna tell him on his birthday you shut the hell up for 24 hours and it was the hardest 24 hours of my life not telling him and like drinking decaf and like not going to the gym that night I was like I'm just gonna stay home I'm tired insane totally insane was there even a hint that he knew it all just because maybe of, of the decaf or of the I'm tired? No, no, no. I was like, I was like hiding it like crazy. I think if it had gone on for more than a day, he probably would have. But there was no hint because like, because we had been trying and it wasn't working yet. We like kind of stopped talking about it because we didn't want to like make each other feel bad or like put pressure on the situation or anything like that. So like when I was late, he stopped asking because he was like, oh, I don't want to like make her like upset or bombed or whatever. So he had zero clue. It was so cool. I like gave him a little pair of um, stance socks, like matching like daddy baby stance yeah. socks to unwrap as one of his birthday presents. It was really cool. Ooh. It was wild. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Your story's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How about yours? Just as awesome? Not quite. Um, she actually found out on a doctor's visit, a regular <gasps> routine checkup. No, and stop it. Yeah. A regular routine checkup. Uh, I think it was November 4th. It, I know it was on a Wednesday. She comes home and we had, uh, I think we had Chinese food. There was a little bit of alcohol in the fridge. I do remember that part. And um, we, she's like, Here, here's a bag for you. And I was like, what's this for? I'm like, it's not our anniversary. It's, it's the six month, our dog is six months old on this day. So I was like, oh, this is cool. It's like, oh, it's a gift from Sutter. I'm like, oh, that, why are you, am I getting a gift? Um, and it was the slip that said that it was positive. A card came along right after just saying, baby due July of, 2021 and i'm like yep pardon that's how exactly how i looked right there i was like and she videotaped this whole thing and i'm sitting stop it it is i one day it'll go viral i'm sure but like i swear to you i looked in in the biggest state of shock it didn't even look like i was happy i just was like i know and trust me how guilty i felt afterward i'm like it's just shock you can't help it. it you can't help it yeah, and how how was your husband's reaction? Um, he like laugh cried for like three minutes straight. I couldn't, and and I he was like the first thing he said was, "Are you sure?" And I said yes, and like whipped out the little like pregnancy test, which is kind of gross in retrospect. <laughs> like here's here's a thing I peed on. Do you want to yeah. hold it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I myself was so like, is this real? I don't know that I did it twice. So I was like, yes, I'm sure. And yes, I'm also sure. <laughs> like gave them both to him. But uh, yeah, he like laugh cried. And what was great was I wrapped his presents in um, white and gold glittery wrapping paper because it's me. And when he did it, he like put his hands on his face. Like he like covered his face to like just he couldn't handle it. And then he was covered in glitter. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, so right around Christmas time, then he knew. Yeah. Yeah. Just about, uh, just about a week before Christmas is his birthday. Yeah. I guess I could ask him this later on, but like how, yeah, how that is being a Christmas baby or like a week before. I think it sucks. I feel bad. I try really hard every year to make his birthday, like very separate from Christmas. Like we don't, I put his birthday presents under the tree because I put the tree up super early because as a Jew, I get very excited about Christmas because I never had it. And now I get to like, my whole house looks like fucking Hobby Lobby. It's awesome. (laughs) Um, but so I like put his, I put his presents under the tree and then it's not until after his birthday that we even put any Christmas presents at all under the tree. So like, it's all for his birthday until afterwards. You went out with a bang indeed then as well, because of the deadlifting and the cold brew, like on your market set. And then it's just dry. (laughs) Completely. (laughs) I do measure out 12 ounces of cold brew every single morning. It's very important to me. And I drink it very quickly. (laughs) I legitimately was actually going to ask that. I'm like, did you cut cold turkey? And you're like, no. Oh, fuck that. Are you kidding me? I would never. I need caffeine. And it's not It's not harmful in pregnancy. You just can't have a ton. 12 and then with a cold brew, it's like 200 milligrams. It's like 150. You're allowed about 200 a day. Okay. And so I measure out 150 because I inevitably will like drive through a Starbucks or something in the afternoon yeah. and get a decaf. And there's still... A tiny bit in decaf no yeah. one can seem to tell me how much but so i just i go just i go to 150 knowing like i'm gonna have chocolate i'm gonna have decaf i'm gonna have something else like i'll, I'll be close it'll be fine 
Yeah. So yeah, the night before, I know that she had had alcohol. Um, oh, there yeah. was there was probably oh, yeah. about yeah before she found out, we had no clue. Same. And then our refrigerator, there was like how many four Cayman Jacks left, and I think there was four beers left in there. <sighs> and because her her best friend brought over their mini schnauzer, we watched him for the week while they were in Mexico for a wedding. So we had oh. two mini schnauzers running around, and the alcohol Party. was was a gift. I know for her and now she found out she couldn't drink it so what do i do i proceed for that next week to go through the entire refrigerator and have probably had a grand total of four ounces of alcohol since you you have to because you know it goes bad right oh yeah yeah no it does it does and i know this because um for christmas you know nobody knew i was pregnant yet because i was like you know i was like two weeks pregnant at that point and so for christmas for every yankee swap and at the gym and all of my friends know me gave me bottles of prosecco okay yeah and matt drank them all because he told me they go bad (laughs) (laughs) i was watching him drink i was like you asshole in 40 weeks. These are going to be fine. Put them in the fridge downstairs for me. And he was like, no, I got to drink them. They're going to, they're going to expire. Life actually has felt pretty (laughs) solid sober for me. I'm not like a heavy drinker as it is. I I usually will go one or two during a week, but yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, One or two during a week and three or four on the weekends maybe, but if that, yeah, I don't miss it right now. I mean, I know like come Cinco de Mayo, like my family has a restaurant here in the, in the cities and their margaritas are top shelf, top notch. I'm I'm there. It's, it's over. (laughs) I miss it. Um, because well, in fairness, like non-alcoholic beer and non-alcoholic champagne specifically have been like my treats. So I I have been having those and that's been like fun and it's not, I don't really need it. Like I don't need booze, but it is fun to like, we got takeout pizza the other night. I was like, cool. I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to have pizza and beer. And that's like my thing. Um, but those have, if you ever, um, does your wife drink like bubbles at all? She's more. So I know she's been craving daiquiris recently. Okay. Well, you can make milkshakes and stuff like that. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Um, but the non the the non alcoholic beer. Well, I'll send you a picture of the non alcoholic pink champagne. That's actually really good. It's not super sweet, but the non alcoholic beer that's called Athletic Brewing Company. Those are actually legit. Okay. They taste really good. Like even if you're like, well, I don't. I kind of like being sober because I don't feel like dog shit when I wake up on a Wednesday yeah. morning. Yeah. Um, but they taste really good, and they don't taste like nothing. They don't taste like beer water. It almost Highly feels recommend. like everybody's been stepping up their game, even on the non-alcoholic totally. level. It's, it's totally to me. I know. I saw Sam Adams put out an IPA. I'm not an IPA person, but I saw they put out a non-alcoholic IPA the other day, too. Interesting. I know. Yeah, I would try it. Totally. So being from that area, what what is your favorite type of beer? Um, I'm like a wheat beer, Hefeweizen, like cloudy kind of gal and or like dark stout, like sweet type of situation. Not an IPA person. Okay. Yeah. But I'm really a bubbles person more than anything. <laughs> well, you can thank yeah. me. I have all that. I know. I know. Sad. Well, I'm going to start from the beginning, Nikki, even though we're about 25 minutes in. Um, yeah. The Cliff Notes story of your upbringing going up towards 2011, because I'm going to segue into the, the journalism background. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Just give me a little bit like high school, college, like what you wanted to do. Is this ultimately where yeah, you yeah. end up? 
Sure. So, um, so I grew up in, I just outside of Boston in the suburbs. Um, my parents are immigrants from the former Soviet Union. So I grew up speaking Russian in my house and kind of living that weird ESL kid life, <laughs> eating weird food and just being like the Russian Jew. Um, <clears throat> and I, uh, ended up going to school in Boston. Well, I played sports in high school. My dad and my brother were both big sports guys being like European family. They played soccer. I played with them. They played volleyball. I played with them. We all three of us always wore the number 13. It was our lucky number. Um, and it was on all of our jerseys. So I, um, I ended up going to school in Boston for journalism. I was originally a print journalism major at Emerson. And then I transferred into the broadcast program because I realized in broadcast, they would teach me how to write as well as all the other shit that goes along with broadcast, which is like being your own camera person, learning video editing, like all that stuff, as opposed to in the writing program or in the print journalism program, you know, newspapers were dying, but I did, I did still want to learn how to write. So I kind of switched majors there and I, I played college volleyball as well. And then I danced my entire life. That was kind of like my athletic background is I started with the Boston ballet when I was little, little and stayed there until I hit puberty and got tits. And then yeah. I learned other forms of dance because that doesn't really fly with ballet. Um, and then I, I ran the company at, at Emerson, the Emerson dance company when I was there and kind of taught dance to little kids throughout my entire life. And when I ended up graduating, I moved to a tiny little town in Maine to take my first news gig where I was a reporter and producer. And eventually I was a morning anchor. And while I was there, I was still like, teaching dance on the side. And that's where I started CrossFit. I had taken one CrossFit class in college, um, but it wasn't really like conducive to my college lifestyle. So um, when I was in this tiny town in Maine, one of the female, one of the only female firefighter in town opened up a CrossFit gym. And in okay. a small town, like a new business downtown is news. So I covered it. And that's how we got in and we started it and kind of took off from there. It's a pretty sweet segue just <laughs> Bring to get on. yourself in the door. No, just get yourself in the door. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I had zero intention of getting to do, having anything to do with CrossFit at the time. I just wanted to, I was just, I was just dick and wanted to like lean out. <laughs> that was it. And um, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time joined with me and we were like just 6am people at the CrossFit gym. And um, I loved it. My body changed radically. My lifestyle changed radically. I loved it so much that I asked if I could go get my L1 and I only wanted to teach on ramp. I wanted to like spread the gospel of CrossFit to new people because I was yeah. not an athletic gym person. And okay. if I could do it, literally anybody could do it. And I wanted to tell them. And that didn't last. Obviously, I really liked coaching. I ended up coaching everyone. And then, yeah, I, I had no clue what it would bring me or how much of a how much of a staple in my life it would become. Were you uncoordinated when you started? Like, like how? Yeah, because you describe it's like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I wasn't uncoordinated. I just wasn't like a gym person. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I had never lifted weights, um, and I wasn't afraid. I wasn't like a, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get bulky or whatever. I just didn't mm-hmm. know what the fuck I was doing. You know, I was very much like, a, okay, I did half an hour of cardio today. Now I'm going to do 10 minutes of upper and 10 minutes of leg press and call it a day. Like, I just didn't know anything about Olympic lifting. And I just, I don't know when I started, I was like, if I can go from nothing to proficient, then anyone can. And if I can go from hey, I've been going to the gym every single day since I was like 16 and my body's basically looked the same to three months into this program, I need new pants. You know what I mean? Then literally anyone else can do it too because I was just an average sort of athletic washed up dancer. <laughs> Weekend warrior almost would exactly. be a good way to, exactly. to put it for yourself. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Did you feel, was fitness a priority for you in your uh, pre-CrossFit days? Um, It was kind of like a box I felt like I had to check you know I think and that's kind of like it feels like average American lifestyle to me like I know I need to go to the gym I know I need to go be active I know I need to like strengthen my cardio and my heart and my muscles but I never followed a program Um, and I was really just wanting to work out to lose weight like I did not know all of the other benefits and all of the other things that I could be working on I was just kind of like I think I was 21 and just got out of college and just moved to a new town and was like, I should lean out. <laughs> Famous last words. Yes. And then over the last decade, has you, do you feel that your body has transformed? And I'm guessing you feel super empowered, confident, the whole nine yards. So. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, it started so early. That's why I wanted to coach is because I felt this like enormous transformation in every aspect of my life, I couldn't believe, you know, how good we looked. I remember like standing in front of the, in front of the mirror with Matt, like both of us flexing, being like, what is going on here? Like, who are we? Um, and then, yeah, I mean, mentally, it is so important for, I think, women especially to feel capable because there's, you know, a lot in society that drives that down. And even on top of that, like, it gives you an entirely new perspective on hard work and effort, even time. Like, it, you know, it, an imam gives you an entirely new perspective on how to look at time and how to manage your time and how to, you know, like, you know, you can do anything for 60 seconds. You know, you can. So when you're faced with difficult decisions or difficult situations later on in life or a moment of pain, like I remember like getting like a, this is so stupid, but I remember getting like a cavity drilled or whatever. And it like killed, you know, it sucked. It was really uncomfortable. And I was like, if I can do thrusters for 60 seconds, I'm broken. I can definitely wait for this guy to drill my tooth. And so little things like that, that totally transformed my brain and how I think. And that's why I wanted to coach in the very beginning correlation to what you're experiencing in a fitness environment and um segueing it into real life 
I mean, yeah, or putting in every, every life, everyday situations. Right, yeah. And that's like the definition of functional fitness, right? Like I ain't yes. never going to the CrossFit games and I never got into it to compete. Even, even yeah. there was a point in time in my life where I was more competitive and I was like more advanced for my age group or weight class or whatever it was, you know, now these people blow me out of the water forever, <laughs> which is fine. Um, there was, even when I was more competitive, I was still just in it like to live a better life and, and to challenge myself and then also to be able to bring all my groceries in at once very important to me exactly <laughs> and know. that's something that i'm sure your box does it but ours does as well we preach like we're gonna make you a better human being outside of here yep. we're gonna make the skills you're learning in here transfer to what you're doing outside yeah and and especially like the personable aspect of it like the community aspect of it like is so is so important in real life, like when people first walk into the gym, um, every gym we've ever been a part of over the last decade, we've been doing this for a long time. Um, my husband is eventually crowned the mayor of the CrossFit gym because every new person that walks in, like he's, he's greeting, greeting them. He wants to hear their life story. He wants to welcome them to the gym and, you know, imagine what kind of confidence or what kind of familiarity that lends that person outside of the gym and their next encounter with someone new or someone strange or something scary like that that shit's really important it is it brings them a sense of empowerment when they go out and do whatever the heck they're doing if they're working or maybe even going into a social setting post-covid and pre but yeah yeah totally or even a zoom meeting yeah <laughs> oh fucking zoom meetings that's ah, terrible they're brutal <laughs> even though we're on right now yeah i know this is different. This is enjoyable. It is. This has been extremely <laughs> enjoyable and we're not even close to being done. We've got about a 20 Bring minute time clock on it, but yeah, uh, that's fine. being a reporter and just, I mean, number one, describe the atmosphere as a reporter on a competition floor when just thousands of people are just there. And the second part is, do you feel that, or are you impromptu with your questions to a competitor that has won an event? That's a good question. So environment wise, uh, it has varied greatly over the last couple of years, right? So like, you know, sometimes the stadium is so loud, I can't hear myself think. Like think Friday night in the Coliseum, uh, final event, separator events, um, just, you know, sometimes it's, it's so electric. And I'm a fan in addition to being the reporter or the sideline girl or whatever, like, I'm a huge fan of the sport and of these people. So like I get into it and I'm yelling and screaming just like everyone else. And then I'm like, oh shit, I'm on. So like, it is infectious. The, the electricity in the room in some of those larger events or some of those like more exciting events. Um, at the very same time, you know, there have been events like the last games that we were at where there's five athletes out on the floor, there's no music, you can hear them breathing. And I am still totally like locked in, like I'm like lasered in because the intensity is completely different, but it's still there. So like the CrossFit total watching it at the 2020 games. And I was just, I was just on the field of play. I was just you know, three feet away from everyone lifting. And I was glued to the action. Like I could not take my eyes off of it. And I, I wanted to hear them and I wanted to hear them breathing. And I wanted to hear, you know, they're like, fuck yeah, I got it. Or like, ah, shit, what the hell? And I wanted to hear them yelling back and forth with our coaches. Like it was completely different environment, but still to me, just as captivating. And so I think 
environments can change, but for me, it's always just as exciting on the floor with them, with the athletes and the actions. Cool. I can only imagine in, in that 2020 games environment where you said there was not any music at all playing nope. when they were. Nope. No music. Wow. Yeah. Nothing. I had no idea. I knew, well, I interviewed uh, Andrea Nissler back in October and mm-hmm. she said that she prefers working out in silence. So maybe That's some serial killer shit right there. Mm-mm. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> the, the wavelengths, but at the same time, I think I heard Rory McKernan say this once. He's like, yeah, at, at that elite level, CrossFit can be a mental illness. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're addicted to one thing or another, right? Like either yeah. it's the feeling or it's the winning or it's the feeling from the winning. And you got to put a lot of dedication into caring about something so much. So, you know, to our benefits, we get to watch obviously, but it's a lot. It's a lot at that point. But to be able to focus without any sound around you to kind of pump you up. There's no crowd there. It's just you, your feelings, and then the four competitors that are around. It's kind of a completely different environment. Did you get that as well through the uh, people that are just all the competitors that you interviewed? Yeah. I mean, some of them, none of them were like upset about it. I think, you know, some of them like silence more than others. Um, Some of them used it. Like I think Matt I could see him looking around being like, how heavy is he breathing? Okay. How heavy is he breathing? And like evaluating like how hard they were working and how much he had to push based on that. Um, Some of them don't like it. Some of them like working out with music, but truly at that point, no one complained about anything because we were just also happy to be there. (laughs) We were also happy that the games was happening, that there were really no complaints. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Are you impromptu with questions that you? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a very good question. So um, prep for an event is a lot. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Preparation for an event takes a lot of time and energy and Mm -hmm. effort. Absolutely. Um, CrossFit staff have some people on there that are kind of like like stats people, like Rain Man style stats people who compile a lot of um, information for us, for the talent pool, me and whoever the announcing team is and, you know, whoever's writing the stories and they're gracious enough to share that. So, you know, it's like comparing this event with a a event from four years ago that was kind of similar or like, oh, we're doing a total. Well, here's everyone's listed one rep maxes and things like that. So we, we definitely, we do a lot of research on the facts and the numbers and the events. Then we do a lot of research on everyone's bios and where they grew up and what kind of sport background they have. And then we do a lot of immediate research on like, well, they posted this on Instagram last week, or they eat this for breakfast every day, or like this. is So all this research goes into it. And based on a lot of that stuff, I usually formulate in my head and write down a number of questions that pertain to the individual or the event or the like, you know, something very specific about what we're doing. So I have that in my back pocket and usually there's shit I want to get to in there. Like, Hey, you were a swimmer growing up. How did that help you with this? You know, but I don't always get to it. Then I make questions on the fly based on exactly what I see happen in the event. You know, like the, the cycling event where it was like, Noah, Matt, Noah, Matt, Noah, the whole time you can't ask, you can't not ask about that. You can't not get the winner and be like, man, he was on your tail. Did you expect that? How did you deal with that? What did you change because of that? You know? And then, so I've got new questions in my head. I've got old questions memorized because of the research we've done. 
And then at the very same time, I have to listen to what the athletes actually saying, because they could say something brand new that leads to a new question that I never thought of earlier. And at the very same, same time, I have the producer in my other ear in an earpiece telling me their ideas for questions <laughs> or telling me to ask another one or to wrap it up because we're hurrying up. So yeah. I don't really know if I answered your question, but there's a lot happening in my head at all times. <laughs> I can imagine, and it's impressive, you have to play off of one thing or just kind of shuffle something off to the side, but coming from a journalistic background that you have, which um, I also graduated with a journalism degree way back when at the University of Minnesota, transferred it to absolutely nothing. I got a little bit stage, I had quite a bit of stage fright graduating college. I did not want to go to a small town and like learn the new things. I already had a pretty solid job that I was still at when I was in school, kept it going, kept it going. And then personal training became a thing. Nutrition became a thing. So I still have this background. It allows me to do this podcast. Um, But back to that, I mean, just, just the things that kind of fly in and out you got to be able to boom, stick them with the right question at the right time. Yeah, you have to. And you have to just be able to listen to everything happening at once. That's what I think probably the hardest part of this job is that people don't realize is that like, you need to go in sounding like you know your shit, sounding like you're on top of you can't just go in and be like, Oh, how do you feel every time? Um, You also, there are like rules, right? So you can't ask yes or no questions. Try that. Try thinking about that the next time you see an interview happening and being, because you just want to be like, how do you feel? Good. Was that hard? Yes. Are you dead? Like, that's what you want to ask as a, as a normal conversation. So there are rules like you can't ask yes or no questions. You have to ask open-ended shit. You have to have this, you know, these questions in your back pocket that make you sound like, you know, what the hell you're talking about. Can't fumble on your words. Cause then someone's going to post that shit on Reddit or on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then 17 people are talking to you all at once. You got your producer in your ear. You got the truck noise behind them. Sometimes you have yourself on a delay in the microphone, in your other ear. Sometimes you have yourself on a delay to the house, right? So like the people who are watching in the stadiums get to see the interview on the big screen. There's like, and and the athletes talking to you directly in your face. So if you're not actually listening and they're like, oh yeah, this was going to be a a great workout for me, but I broke my ankle last week. And you don't be like, wait, what, 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 what the fuck? You broke your ankle? Like sometimes you'll watch reporters that they're clearly rehearsing their next question in their head. Yeah because they don't want to forget it. And the person will say something big and they, they don't even ask. They're like, Oh, that's interesting. So growing up, you were a swimmer. Tell me how that affected you. And it's, you can't even blame them because they've got so much going on. <laughs> that they like that. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's a lot. I think that's probably the one thing that people don't realize is, you know, they think you just get out there and you're like, Hey man, how's it going? And it's like, it's a lot of prep and you got to, you know, make sure that you sound good. So the internet doesn't eat you alive. It really helps though. And having, but having your marketing background, that's one thing too. You have to be personable, build rapport relationships. You have to know the specific questions and it really helps again, having that journalistic background. Yeah. I think it's all communication. Like if you can communicate, you'd be surprised how many people can't. (laughs) That's the one thing like communication is a skill. And if you're good at it and if you like storytelling, then you can flex that into all sorts of different, you know, jobs and gigs and, and whatever. I personally really like talking to people and learning about them and digging into them and like all that stuff. So it it comes more easily to me, but I fully respect that people, you know, are really uncomfortable on camera or really uncomfortable being interviewed. And it is, it is a big ask just because it comes easily to me, you know, every so often I've got like a, my friends, my very close friends are the MCs who do the live announcing 
which I can't do for shit and have been forced to on occasion. And I'm abysmal. Uh, every so often I'm like, you guys could step in for me for an interview. If you really wanted to, like, you're great with a mic, you know how to speak, you're great communicators. And they're like, fuck no, <laughs> like they like, can't, they don't want to deal with it. Cause it's a, it's a completely separate skill set. Skill set. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it, it really is. And going back to like the potential to become a meme someday, totally. or whatever the hell totally. you say that just goes completely wrong. Um, that, I mean, that I, obviously it's never going to occur in your head, but at the same time, it's like the second it slips out, you go, oh, shit. yeah, you're like, fuck. I mean, our, our community is pretty, pretty good about that. There's not a lot of, I mean, there is a lot of hate. I don't get a lot of hate, which is kind of nice. Um, but, and yeah, it is. And for the most part, I kind of, I'm like, why would I like our CrossFit community is so wonderful and loving and, but the internet's full of garbage. So you just can't, you can't bank on that. Trolls who love to make people's lives miserable, but when they see you, they won't say a word. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. That's why I like John is my favorite co-host because he's like king of the trolls, but he also is like, you know, like he's like a real life sweetheart. So he just tries to set things right and people back down so fast online. People are like, oh man, I hate you posting about, he got so much shit for doing the like Black History Month posts. And he would just go into the comments and be like, why are you mad, bro? And yeah. people stepped down so fast. I was like, attaboy, John. Thank you. Especially Thank you. in the current climate we're in. Yeah, that's one thing in itself. Like, why are you questioning he's posting something like why this? Why the hate? Just why? What's the point? There mm. shouldn't be any. I know. Last question before we get into the fun quickies. Okay. Constructive criticism. Um, do you feel that most folks avoid giving it for fear of backlash? And do you feel that there is an art to constructive criticism? I'm a weird person to ask that question to, because like I have pretty thick skin about my performance and my work because it's, it's what we do. You know, I constantly, we re rewatch broadcasts, re-listen, you know, after every show, uh, including the open shows that we're, we're doing right now, you know, we get on a call and I hear from my producer and she's like, you know, hey, you said this, don't do that. Hey, you do this when you talk. Don't do that when you talk. It, it does this, it does that, you know, like uh, next time I mean, this was good, but be faster. And, and you just kind of, it's totally fine. And I'm very used to it by now. It took a minute to get there, but like, you just have to kind of know what you're signing up for, you know? I do. Yes. I'm the king of it where I like, please give me the constructive criticism. Yeah. I want to improve. And I'm assuming you're the exact same way. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it's like, it doesn't offend me if I did it wrong. You don't tell me that you like, you know, think I'm ugly, but like, if I did something wrong, then like, just tell me I'll fix it next time. And are you a brutally honest person? Uh, I would, I'm getting better. I would say on a scale yes. of one to 10, I'm probably about a six and a half. Okay. So I feel like people who like constructive criticism are oftentimes brutally honest people because we're not in a mean way, but we're just like, wait, what's wrong? Why can't I say that you burned the toast? You burned the toast. Like I'm not yeah. telling you that you're an asshole. I'm just talking about right. what is literally happening and like people can't handle that. I used to be about a three and I think it's because of the, I'm a product of the environment in the state of Minnesota. We're actually known for being like the most passive aggressive people on the planet earth. Whereas <laughs> you in the Northeast where you're very blunt, I think of like New oh, York, totally. Boston area, like totally. just throwing F bombs as you're walking across the street. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. There you go. <laughs> Maybe I need to move to the East coast. Final five, Nikki. Okay. I'm ready. 
All right. Question one. You are the star of your own documentary. Which artist is supplying most of the music for your film? Lizzo. (laughs) She speaks to my soul, man. She just does. Speaking of open, she's very honest about who she is. It's Yes. And she should be because she's badass. Do agree. She's a disciple of Prince. Great singer yeah. Minnesota as well. So oh, absolutely Ooh. love it. Question two. Three words that those who know you best would use to describe you. Optimistic. Um, uh, what is, what, I keep thinking of like multiple words. Like <laughs> coffee lover, but that's like not like a word. Optimistic. Um, On a super. Yeah, right. Coffee connoisseur. Probably I am loyal, very loyal. And also I'm a vindictive bitch. Vindictive. (laughs) It's true. I'm working on it. I know this about myself. I'm working on it. You have time before that child's born. I know I got to. I have to. I'll learn how to not hold a grudge. I'm like loyal to a fault, but cross me and you're out of my life forever. Do you know what I mean? Like that kind of extreme polar. It's the Northeast in me. I can't help it. It's the Bostonian. I'm an asshole. I know this. Betrayal, trust. If you break the trust, the betrayal comes beheaded. You're out of the circle, man. That's it. (laughs) That's Northeast. Uh Uh-huh. Question three. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Like examples, food, TV shows, books, etc. Yeah, I mean, right right now, um, it's food. Like I will I'm I it's bad. Like I have not my my pregnancy nutrition is a joke. <laughs> it's like carbs on carbs on carbs. I can't help it. It's it makes me not feel sick. Like I haven't felt sick this entire time because That's great. I eat sleeves of English muffins all at once. Okay. Great. So English muffins are your present craving. <laughs> yeah, currently that's kind of what it is. That's good. They're really know. just a vessel for the cream cheese. I think cream cheese might be my actual guilty pleasure. Ooh, there I know. you go. I know. Girl, Girl Scout cookies in this house has been the thing oh, for the yes. last couple of weeks. I fully support that. <laughs> Still fully. up till April 1st to buy a bunch of boxes. There you go. Question four. Obviously, you are a coffee connoisseur. What is your all-time favorite coffee or coffee brand? Um, so, do you guys have you ever seen a cold brew in the in the refrigerator at the grocery store called Stoke? S T O K. I don't think I have. No, I don't know if it's a regional thing or oh, not. Wait, um, I have. Yes, mm-hmm. there's like a blue bottle and there's like a red bottle and yes. a purple one. So the unsweetened. Uh, stoke cold brew is like my absolute addiction and before i was pregnant i swear to god i was drinking 40 ounces a day like two yetis of it a day yeah and i would go through four or five bottles a week like i have a fucking problem with that shit other than that like my favorite i love like local coffee shops like outside of covid i love to like go and like sit in a local coffee shop and try whatever and you know i'm a starbucks person through and through but on a daily basis that Stoke cold brew. That's what I measure out every morning. 12 ounces. Highly recommend. Just get the unsweetened one. We usually do. Yeah. So make sure, by the way, when you are done having your child, have 120 to 140 ounces of water a day, please. <laughs> good call. Good call. Good call. <laughs> that Fine. The, the, when my ice melts, that's the water I drink. <laughs> the ice in my iced coffee when it melts. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm a fan of 250, 300 milligrams of caffeine a day. That's plenty for me. If you want to go overboard, hey, I mean, more more power to you. It, it does make life a lot more interesting, I will say that. It does. 
Final question. Since this will be airing the Monday before 21.3, I want you to try to predict the workout that's coming up in 21.2 and then also for 21.3. Okay. So I think that 21.2 is going to be a two-parter, right? So I think something like a classic CrossFit couplet like burpees and dumbbell snatches or burpees and devil presses or something for like 10 minutes or eight minutes or seven minutes. And then there's going to be like a two or three minute rest. And then it's going to be like max something, but it can't be barbells and I don't know. I I don't remember the equipment list. Are there barbells and plates on it? I believe there are barbells and plates. Okay. So then like the equipment version is going to be something like, I think it's going to be spicy. I think it's going to be something like max three rep front squat from the floor. Sweet. Yeah. That's what I think for that. And then for the last one, death, there's going to be thrusters in there somehow. Maybe he'll change it up and do dumbbell thrusters. We haven't seen that shit yet. So maybe it'll be like dumbbell thrusters. There's already been some gymnastics, already been some weightlifting at that point. Something really high skill muscle ups. Yeah. Something really high skill like bar muscle ups or ring muscle ups and uh, yeah. And thruster dumbbell thrusters. The rig is in play. Yes. Rings are not. And then dumbbell rings are not. So yep. Dumbbell thrusters were, but they were introduced in the last open. Yep. And that was the first, but we also did barbell thrusters in the last open too. Right. We had them both. I don't think so. Didn't we? No. Not? Cause that okay. last workout 21.5 was ring muscle ups, wall balls and rowing. Yup. That yeah. was terrible. Which is usually reserved for yeah. Uh, but I think at least one of them, since there's three weeks, at least one of them is going to be a two-parter somehow. For sure. Yeah. For sure. We agree. Mm-hmm. Outro Nikki real fast. Promote your website, socials, anything near and dear to you, please. Um, I would just say um, follow um, reporter Nicole on Instagram and our podcast is Make Pods Great Again, but also follow John. He's Make Wads Great Again. He's the funniest man on the internet. He is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Everything you have heard from outside of of Nikki's mouth in the last 10 seconds will be under the header in the podcast. You can find it on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get to listen to the podcast. So Nikki, thank you so much for being my guest today. This was an absolute pleasure. I enjoyed it. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for Nikki Brazier, my name is Jesse Velasquez. This has been episode 31 of Unplugged and Undeniable. We will see you on the flip side. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.